This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I'm sharing a couple of very funny stories from our new humor collection, which is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat. This book is a collection of some of the funniest stories we've published in our 28-year history. We've got stories about domestic disasters, marriage, embarrassing moments, weird family members, senior moments, holiday hiccups and disasters, kids, and two chapters on dogs and cats doing crazy things. So let's start with dogs and a story by Anne Denise Carson. This story just made me laugh so hard when I first saw it. I think I had a sore throat from laughing. So we start out with Anne telling us that she was out for a walk with her two dogs, Tyler, who was a large golden retriever, and Zoe, a large red Doberman. And Anne took the dogs to a cafe so that she could get some hot tea for her walk. And she tied their leashes to the base of a metal table that was in this cordoned off area for the restaurant next door. And she left them outside there attached to the table and said, be good. I'll be right back. Well, it was a Saturday morning and very few people were about or in the coffee shop. And Anne was stirring some sugar into her tea. And all of a sudden she heard this man call out, someone own those dogs out there? He sounded alarmed. So Anne abandoned her tea and ran to the door to find a chaotic scene. She says, Tyler, Zoe, and the table were gone. Tables and chairs were knocked over. The black straps that cordoned off the area along where their metal stands were on the ground. I ran to the middle of the street. Tyler, the table, and Zoe, in that order, were running away as if the devil himself was chasing them. The metal table bounced, making a loud noise, which caused Tyler to run faster. Well, she ran after her dogs, yelling, Tyler, stop, stop, Tyler, stop. She could see that Tyler was the instigator since he was in the lead. He looked back at her, then at the table, and then back to her. And his eyes seemed to say, Mom, I can't stop. There's a table chasing me. Meanwhile, the other dog, Zoe, looked back at Anne, and her eyes said, Mom, he's gone crazy. I don't know what to do. Poor Zoe was tied to the table, so she had to run along with it, even though she wasn't the one who had freaked out and thought a table was chasing her. Anne says, I continued to run after them and yell at Tyler to stop. He'd look back at me, wanting to obey, but then he'd look at the table that kept chasing him, and continue running. 
He'd swerve toward a parked car, causing the table to swing out, and I'd pray, please don't hit a car. Thankfully, he'd correct his course to the middle of the road and somehow avoid hitting any cars with the table. They ran for blocks, and Anne couldn't get Tyler to stop his frantic escape from the table. She was getting tired of running, and to make it worse, she couldn't stop laughing while she was trying to run. She was thinking how awful it would be if she died of a heart attack chasing her dog who thought a table was chasing him. So far, the bouncing table hadn't hit any cars, but Anne knew it was coming. She was going to be writing a big check to someone if those dogs didn't stop. And then her savior intervened, an employee standing in front of a Michael's craft store. He looked at the dogs, looked at Anne, and then did a double take. Then he took off after the dogs, running diagonally to them and stopping them just as they were about to cross a busy road and careen into another parking lot filled with more cars. That man, now Anne's hero, managed to stop the dogs, untangle them from the table, and then hand the leashes to Anne while he shouldered the table and carried it back to where it had started outside the coffee shop. He even picked up all the things the dogs had knocked over in their panicked escape. Anne went home, made an apple pie for him, which he delivered still warm to the store before he got off work. And from then on, Anne never tied the dogs to anything that could chase them down the road. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So those dogs were fleeing from a metal table. And in our second story, we have human beings fleeing from a cat. Eileen Melia Hessian explains that her best friend from kindergarten had become a flight attendant and lived in Boston. She was heading to Paris for three days for work and needed someone to watch her cat. Eileen volunteered, saying she'd drive up from Long Island with her sister Kathy, and they would have a fun time in Boston. Well, the drive to Boston was easy, which seemed like a good omen for their mini vacation. And Eileen and Kathy went to the next door neighbor's apartment to get the key, but they didn't know exactly why he handed them the key to the apartment with a little smirk on his face saying, lots of luck. It turned out that their friend's cat had a reputation. The neighbor said he wouldn't go in that apartment if his life depended on it. He handed them a list of instructions and some treats and said they would need to read the instructions and be armed with the treats just to get in the front door. Eileen realized they didn't know the name of the cat, so she returned to the neighbor's apartment to ask. He said, Jackie calls him Simon, but I call him Psycho. Kathy and Eileen tentatively approached their friend Jackie's door, reassuring each other that Dave, the neighbor, was just a nut. They put the key in the door and heard a growling noise. They opened the door, and the cat came running at them. So they threw the treats across the room, and the cat changed his course and went for the food. 
Inside the door was a bag labeled in big letters, read this. Inside it was another note, along with a jar of pennies and a spray bottle of water. The note said that if Simon was acting up, they could shake the jar of coins or spray him with the water. Kathy and Eileen closed the apartment door, didn't even bring their bags in, and just went to dinner. They discussed their brief exposure to the cat who seemed huge, at least 30 pounds. They decided that when they returned to the apartment with their bags, they would throw more treats to distract the cat while they ran for the bedroom and closed the door. Eileen says this, we got back to the apartment armed for battle. Kathy held the jar of coins and I had the spray bottle. We would be brave. I opened the door and the cat leapt at us with a hiss that could be heard throughout Boston. Kathy shook the coins frantically. I held my water bottle aloft, waiting for an opportune time to spray. Kathy threw the treats as far as she could. I checked on the cat food, and then we ran to the bedroom, slamming those lubered doors. The lock was a hook and eye, and I latched it as fast as my trembling fingers allowed. Then they noticed a lot of cat hair in the bed and realized the cat was accustomed to sleeping in the bedroom. And sure enough, that huge cat started throwing himself against the bedroom door, wailing and screeching. The neighbor knocked on their adjoining wall and called out, I warned you. And then they heard more sounds. The cat was breaking things in the living room as he repeatedly launched himself against the bedroom door, trying to knock it open. And then he did knock it open. The hook and eye gave way against the tremendous 30-pound force. Psycho flew into the room like a super cat, a demon, and landed on the bed, and the women started screaming. Eileen used the water spray to keep him back while Kathy grabbed their bags. They ran into the living room and put a piece of furniture against the bedroom door. And then, still in their pajamas, they fled the apartment, tossed the keys into Dave the neighbor's mailbox, and ran to their car, ready to drive back to Long Island. They wouldn't get home until 2 a.m., but it was worth it to get away from that cat. And they knew he'd be fine with the food they had left for him, and his human would be home in a couple of days. As they started the car, they looked up at the lit window of their friend's apartment and saw that giant cat sitting on the windowsill looking straight at them. They'd had an adventure in Boston, but not the kind they'd expected. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to these stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button to read more about this book, and you'll find it wherever books are sold, including Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Amazon. If you'd like to share your own stories, you can become one of our published writers. Check out the Submit Your Story area on our website. You're going to see a list of topics we're working on. You'll see story guidelines to help you write a great piece, and you'll see the form that you fill out to send in your story for consideration. We're always looking for new storytellers to join the Chicken Soup for the Soul family. Oh, 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 oh